0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan.
1: Feed me now! I'm starving!
0: On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby!
1: This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, You can Google it, but it was Washington, Dallas, Buffalo, New England, Cleveland, and actually back to Washington. Both started and finished my career there. I played along the offensive line. In fact, I have at least four starts at all three interior positions, and I don't know how many other guys can say regular season or preseason. That they've got playing time at all five spots. I was a jack of all trades, master of none. Why do I bring that up today? Because it's part one of our often imitated, never duplicated O line rankings, which I absolutely love. You can and should check me out on social media, please at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter and Instagram. It's Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I got over 40,000 comments on a Lebanon baloney post recently. It might've been the first thing I ever did that actually truly went viral. So by the way, Joe, now you're a Northeast PA guy a little bit more. Uh, you, you have to be familiar with Lebanon
0: baloney, right? Absol- absolutely familiar with Lebanon baloney. Uh, like, when I hear bologna, I think of that, not the like plastic-looking stuff. You know, like what what's what's that called? Like, uh, I don't even know. Like the pink plastic round stuff. Like, yeah, that 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 flavorless crap. No, that's not bologna. I think of Lebanon bologna. I think I like Schaefer bologna. Like, um, I, th- that's the real stuff. Yes, Lebanon bologna is awesome, Ross. There's like a sweetness to it. Um, you're making me hungry, by the way. Uh, (laughs)
1: We're we're recording this right before lunch. At any rate, the point is, is I went viral. And everybody should check out my Facebook. I even have a TikTok now, at Ross Tucker NFL. That's Joe Dolan. He's normally the star of the show, whom you should follow on social media, at FG underscore Dolan, the fantasy gangster. You can also always use the code 22feast at fantasypoints.com, which I highly encourage you to do. It is that time of year to make sure you are ready to go for your fantasy football drafts. We, of course, love, love, love the best ball drafts at DraftKings. So, this week... And next week, before we get closer to Tears of Dolan, which we know you love, um, which the predecessor was Tears of Evan, we're going to get into the O-line rankings. Part one and part two. Part one will be the good good teams, the good O-lines. Part two will be the bad teams, the bad O-lines, the ones you want to stay away from. I am obviously biased. So I will allow Joe to discuss and explain why, if he believes it's the case, offensive line rankings matter, and how he chooses to use O-line rankings, such as mine, which, by the way, will be posted at fantasypoints.com later this month. I got a whole article on it. It'll all be posted. But you guys, the listeners of the Fantasy Feast podcast, Essentially, get it first. So let's do it, Joe. Before we dive into it, what are your thoughts on the importance of O line rankings or lack thereof? You don't need to
0: placate me. I think they're very important. And I want people to look at the top of your list. I've obviously seen your list. You're going to go down it. But Look at the teams that place an emphasis and a focus on the offensive line. And usually you're going to see a correlation with the best teams in the NFL, the best offenses in the NFL, the best organizations in the NFL. Now there's going to be some teams up here who you might not view as like a really great team. I'm specifically looking at your number three team, but that team has a new regime that has obviously placed a high Um, importance on the offensive line position and look it just creates more opportunities for the run game we know running backs are very important for fantasy duh even if they're lessening in importance in the NFL they're still just as important for fantasy it allows the quarterback to develop more if it's a young quarterback it allows receivers to get open more if they're pass protecting well the offensive line is the center of everything and that's always a really good tiebreaker. If I'm choosing between two players, man, that offensive line, though, hey, I don't know if I want to draft Miles Sanders or Cordero Patterson. That offensive line gives you a heck of a a tiebreaker if that's something you care about and you should.
1: So let's dive into it. I would agree with you. I, I look at it as a tiebreaker. I also look at it like, Joe, unless you actually look at these O-lines, okay? And watch them and study them. I think some people will be surprised by some of these. I, I think some people will be surprised. Some of them they won't. But I think some of them will be surprised. I don't think that's the case with my number one ranked offensive line. No. And... You know, yes, I call their preseason games on television starting next month. And yes, Joe and I both grew up a fan as fans of this team. But I don't think there's many that will argue against the Philadelphia Eagles as being an elite offensive line. In my opinion, the best offensive line in the NFL. Think about what they did last year. In the run game, the most formidable rushing attack in the NFL, and the pass protection for Hertz was generally outstanding, and they did it, Joe. Even though they lost both of their starting guards for the season early in the year, yeah. I mean, they lost both starting guards, Brandon Brooks and Isaac Samalo, early in the year, and yet. They continue to flourish. They have an outstanding offensive line coach in Jeff Stoutland. And here's what they have. They have three elite players. I would take Jason Kelsey still over any center in the NFL. I would take Lane Johnson, I think, over any right tackle in the NFL. And while I'm not quite ready to say that about Jordan Mailata, their left tackle, what I will tell you is, look out. Yeah. You look at his progression. This year, he has a chance to be a ridiculous football player. It's his fourth year. No, I take that back. It's his fifth year ever playing football. And really just his second year as a full-time starter and last year, he showed he had Pro Bowl potential. And I'll tell you something else that helps him. He'll be next to the same left guard, or should be, the entire offseason and season. And that player also is an absolute specimen. Landon Dickerson at left guard, Milad at left tackle. They were movers of men last year. And they get Sam alo back at right guard and have outstanding depth. They almost always do. But outstanding depth—a bunch of guys, Sua Opeta and Jack Driscoll, who played a bunch for them. Andre Diller. They even drafted Cam Jurgens in the second round. It's an elite O line, Joe. By any by any
0: measure, they're too deep. Like, which is incredible. And like, <laughs> uh, it, uh, uh, Ross, do you love Jordan Mailata as much as Brian Baldinger does? Because Baldy, oh my god, hey, if you ever watch Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter. I think he wants to marry Mylotta. I swear, well, like, it's incredible. Somebody sent
1: this to me, Joe. Somebody sent this to me recently. And I'm going to read it to you, okay? This was from his fourth preseason game ever when he was a 21-year-old rookie playing football for the first time. Somebody sent me this. I no longer think 21-year-old Aussie left tackle Jordan Mailata is going to be a starting left tackle in the NFL. I think he's going to be all pro. Wow. Borderline obsessed with this dude at this point. This is crazy. Eagles are going to go right from Peters to Peters Jr. August 30th, 2018. Here we are four years later. It's real tough to crack the all-pro lineup. I should have said Pro Bowl. I'm a moron. But he's got a heck of a chance to be a Pro Bowler. Interestingly, Joe, I feel like other years we've had more elite O-lines. There was only one other O-line that I deemed elite. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs. The Mm. Kansas City Chiefs, you want to talk about – this is why, by the way, Joe, it's such a great example that in the NFL, you can turn things around in a year. And you can change a position group in a year. You just have to commit to it. The Chiefs last offseason traded for Orlando Brown, who – They're going to sign. Quite frankly, they might already have signed because we're recording this before the 4th of July week, so they might already have signed. But they're going to sign. They traded for... uh, They got Joe Tooney as a free agent. They draft Creed Humphrey, stud. They draft Trey Smith, gem, in the sixth round. And then at right tackle, that's their one position that's not a strength. But... With Lucas Niang coming back from injury, Wiley is solid. I think they'll be fine at right tackle. They do have some depth with guys like Austin Ryder and Allegretti. I think, especially with the starting five, I think they are an elite offensive line. And that matters, especially with some of the new skill
0: guys. And when Jason Kelsey retires, Creed Humphrey, I think, probably ascends to your I'd take that guy over any center in the NFL. Mark, would that be he, fair?
1: He's very, very good. Yes. Um, it's kind of mind boggling now that you look back on it that he didn't go in the first round, but uh, such is life, I suppose. There's a bunch of teams that will regret that. Those are the only two offensive lines that I deem elite. So I've got two elite, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 that I think have a chance to be above average. Wow. Oh, that's a pretty big group though, Ross. Yeah, I have more above average than I have average this year, um, which probably doesn't make sense, but whatever. But my number three ranked O-line, Joe? This is the surprise for me. The Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have all five starters back and – they get their best player back, Frank Ragnow at center, who got hurt last year. So the guards and tackles played pretty well last year, but getting a Pro Bowl caliber guy back in the middle is significant. So they'll have Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson at left on the left side, Ragnow at center, Vitae and Sewell on the right side. I don't love their depth the depth is a qu- concern and one reason why they're not elite but i think this group is going to surprise some people this year i really do i think this group is on the up on the upswing they've invested in it it's a good group they're playing together again this year
0: and i think they're going to play at a really high level really good news if you're drafting deandre swift in the second round by the way because i think swift's a certain kind of runner I think he's a guy, if he has space, forget about it. You know, with, with Ragnar coming back, I think that's a really good sign for DeAndre Swift.
1: I would agree. Uh, I think it's huge news for DeAndre. Yeah. I think it's good, quite frankly, for Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark. I think golf's going to have more time. I think Ragnar, especially though in the run game, to your point. All right, I'm going to go a little bit faster with some of these other ones that aren't quite – as surprising after i make sure everyone listening knows that if you're going to go to a summer wedding and quite frankly even if you're not you need to get some of these suits from express they've got new hues and fresh silhouettes more importantly for my style and my life lightweight linen breathable cotton fabrics you can mix and match for endless outfits or go for a full monochrome look that's me find something for every destination at express online or in store you guys know where express is at another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. Some of the next ones. Cleveland Browns, I have it for. We all know they have a good old line, Joe. Um, we all know as we record this that we don't exactly know who the quarterback's going to be for how many games. What's interesting is that they moved on from J.C. Tretter. They obviously must feel good about Nick Harris to move on from Treder to save some dough. So if they feel good about it, I feel good about it. The question there is always the mental part of it for a new center coming in. But it is his third year there in Cleveland, in the same offense, which I bet is why they felt comfortable with it. And they signed Ethan uh, Posich, so they've got a backup just in case Harris falters. We also have Conklin coming off injury. So th- th- those are the reasons why I couldn't put him elite, Joe, because of Harris at center being a little bit of an unknown and Conklin coming off a major, I forget, did he tear his Achilles, I think? Coming off a major
0: injury. Yeah, so um, obviously the Cleveland Browns, um, we might well know by the time you listen to this podcast what the what the uh, discipline for Deshaun Watson is. Um, but look, Ross, if Deshaun Watson misses games, and I anticipate he probably will, just who knows what's going on with that process, they're going to run the ball quite a bit with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson may be mixing in a little bit there. Those guys are gonna get fed and they're gonna have plenty of room to run. There's no doubt about that. Next up, we've got
1: the Dallas Cowboys at five. Tyrant Smith's health has been an issue. Uh Zach Martin's still a stud. I think Biadas is just okay at center. They moved on from Lyell Collins. I think Terrence Steele is solid. I don't think he's as good in the run game as Collins. And I also don't think their depth is as good. I mean, no. You, you you lose Connor Williams, who I had I didn't exactly love, and you lose Collins. Your depth is not as good. They did draft Tyler Smith in the first round, who's a tackle. They're going to plug in at guard. We'll see how that works. If it doesn't work out, Connor McGovern from Penn State is a solid
0: starting guard. I don't think there's much of a difference between him and Connor Williams. Um yeah Ty, th- th- this is this is the one where it gets confusing for me Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith and Connor McGovern um uh af- af- after Connor Williams left so um the depth is the concern for me Ross the development of Tyler Smith is a concern for this team you could see it going sideways quickly and like that's not I mean Ross that's not a ridiculous thing to say the two best players on this offensive line tyron smith and zach martin have missed significant time in recent years by, by the way tyron smith already has back tightness he had it in the spring obviously they're gonna, just going to take it easy with him but this is the one where i could see it going sideways pretty quickly if they have just one injury on this line
1: speaking of injuries baltimore ravens are next oh up. my god they were uh they had on. a ridiculous amount of injuries they do bring in tyler linderbaum the first rounder at center they kind of got rid of Villanueva and replaced him with Morgan Moses and Jawan James at right tackle, which gives them really good depth. They're getting Ronnie Stanley back at left tackle. And they've got, you know, what they did last year is now they've built up a creme- tremendous amount of depth. Ben Powers, McCary, uh, Ben Cleveland. They just have a bunch of guys now that they can fill in that really give them a chance to have not only a good starting five, but a really good unit. It's the off of injuries, the left guard, the unknown unknown Linderbaum, why I couldn't make him elite. But I think the Ravens will have a very good offensive line.
0: And obviously that, that scheme helps them. Did you think Linderbaum was the best center in the draft? I mean, they clearly did. But I know there are some who thought Cam Jurgens was better.
1: Yeah, I love them both. Mm-hmm. I, I love them both. Both very athletic. Um, Both are nasty finishers. To me, they were one, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Um, As for the number seven O-line, I've got the New Orleans Saints. This one's interesting to me. Left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Um, All known commodities. At times... I, I I don't know that I love Ruiz yet. Um, Andrews Pete has had trouble staying healthy. The big question is at left tackle. Uh they drafted Trevor Penning in the first round. I love the edge that he plays with. I love his style, but he's gotta prove that he can be a pass protector for a quarterback like Jameis Winston for a whole season. Now, I will say this: James Hurst has been worth his weight in gold to this team. They've played him at both tackles. They've played him at guard. He's a guy that they've always been able to count on. He does not lose a game for them when they put him in. But he shouldn't be the starter. It should be Penning. We'll see how high of a level Penning can play. If Penning plays at a high level, this is an elite O-line.
0: Yeah, so this is a team you want to talk about investing in the offensive line. Four projected starters were first-round picks. And the other one is the center, Eric McCoy, who was the 48th pick in the draft. So he was a top half of the second-round pick. All five starters, top 50 picks. Now, Ross, I do know for a fact some of the people I talk to, some of the people you talk to, we talked to some of the same people. Trevor Penning was a very polarizing prospect, very polarizing. There, I, I talked to somebody who didn't think he was a day-two pick. But obviously he was a first-round pick, um, and you think the attitude is what got him drafted there. He he has a lot to clean up, though.
1: A lot to clean up in pass protection would not shock me. I'm not making a prediction here. Wouldn't shock me, though, if at some point he gets benched early in the season for Hurst if he's struggling in pass pro and they decide they just can't operate that way. Moving on to the, my eighth-ranked O-line, it is the L.A. Chargers. Wow. I feel real good about four spots. I feel real bad still about the fifth. Right tackle. It, it's, it's like amazing that they still, at least as far as we know right now, are planning to play Storm Norton at right tackle. I wish they could put Jamari Sawyer, the sixth rounder out of Georgia, put him at left guard, have a pair of rookie guards, and put Filer out at right tackle. They have a liability at right tackle. And here's the funny thing about offensive lines. You're really only as good as your worst player. Because if you've got a guy that's all these people are beating like a drum, it doesn't matter if the other four guys are awesome. So I've got him as above average because I'm hoping somehow they figure out
0: something there at right tackle, Joe. How close is Rashawn Slater to being the best left tackle in football?
1: Um, well, not that
0: close because Trent Williams was ridiculous well, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, let, 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 let's, let's say how close is he to being in the elite of the elite at the left tackle position?
1: Um... I think he's already just about there. He's another guy, by the way, that was polarizing the people. Um, Didn't but, some people think he had to play guard? Yes. And I liked him more than soul Sewell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I thought I just thought he was a lot smoother. Um, you know, just balance is such a big thing for those guys. And I, I, I saw some concerns with Sewell when I watched him. Up next... We're only going to go through the elite and above average on this episode. Next episode, we'll go real quick through the average because the average doesn't really matter. It's the below average and the poor that matter. Uh, The New England Patriots, they they basically just have two new guards. Karras and Shaq Mason are out. Cole Strange and Anwenu are in. I think Anwenu will be solid his third year, even though he kind of got benched last year. And then Strange was a strange pick as a first rounder out of Tennessee Chattanooga. But the Patriots obviously love him. He's going to start. We'll see how he fits in there with Trent Brown, David Andrews, Isaiah Wynn, who I don't know that any of those guys are great, uh, but I think they're all
0: pretty good. Did you go back and watch Cole Strange at all, Ross, or was his tape kind of hard to get a hold of? I did not watch him, no. I'm I'm interested to see what you say about him when when the preseason comes on and when the when the when the NFL season starts cuz ironically because he was kind of like the unknown guy who went in the first round I think I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on him in the preseason. They're going to be like all right, let's see what this guy's all about. I will tell you Ross one thing I found out about Cole Strange. He wears a bar in the middle of his face mask. That's you know you got you know you got some grit if you wear a bar in the middle of your face did you ever wear the bar
1: ross uh one year i can't I think maybe 10th grade I still had that but then after that you know we everybody went with the bull ring which looks awesome yeah um so washington's up next at 10 um I think, uh, they were solid last year. They were surprisingly solid, but now they lose Brandon Sheriff. They do have good depth with guys like Schweitzer, who played pretty well. Cornelius Lucas. Um, we'll see where Norwell and Trey Turner fit in at guards. And Leno, I still can't believe the Bears cut Leno. Unbelievable. Last year. Unbelievable. unbelievable! Unbelievable that they did that. So stupid!
0: And how, how uh, can you afford play to do better. that with the importance of offensive line in the NFL? How can you afford to do that? That was one of the worst moves. And Bears fans were like, "He's not good." Uh oh
1: really? Well, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, two more in the or three more in the above average. We got the Bucks at eleven. They're a very good offensive line, but left guard's open. Is it uh, Gadecki, the second round pick? Is it Aaron Stinney? Ali Marpet's uh, retirement left sort of a hole there. Uh, I'm sure that it'll be okay. I'm guessing it'll be okay, but it won't be Ali Marpet who's better than okay. I'm also higher, Joe, on the Buffalo Bills O line than other people are. They have ridiculous depth. I mean, ridiculous. I love what the Bills have done this offseason. They're making sure that they are not one injury away from having an issue anywhere. I mean, they're starting five, Deion Dawkins, Saffold, Morris Bates, Spencer Brown. But then some of the backups, Quesenberry, Bobby Hart, Van Roten, Cody Ford, Greg Mance, uh, Butker, Tommy Doyle. I mean, they've got right now – like 12 guys that have started NFL games, started a decent amount of NFL games. It's crazy, Joe.
0: Yeah, and um like you said, you know, maybe if there's like a weak spot on this offensive line at some point, they can mix and match a little bit too because they've got so much good depth. Um I know how important continuity is to the offensive line, but you you mentioned you're only as good as your worst player. If you are a Super Bowl contender, and that worst player is a liability, having options to plug in there, I have to imagine it's such an important thing for an offensive line coach. Yep, and speaking of that, how about the
1: Bengals? Now, they got to the Super Bowl with, a, with bad a bad O-line, which doesn't happen very often, but they recognized it. They got a new center in Ted Karras, a new right guard in Alex Kappa, and a new right tackle in Lyle Collins. Kudos to the Bengals for saying, you know what? We, we can't try to do this again. We, we must be better. They now have from a bad O-line, poor, to what I, I think is going to be above average when you pair those guys with Jonah Williams, with Carmen in his second year. That'll do it, by the way, for O-line rankings number one here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Next week, we'll go through the average ones quickly. And then spend more time on below average and then poor. There are a couple low lines that some teams' second-string offensive lines are better than their starters. It's bad. I'm stuffed. We're done.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Tucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.